Hey, good evening. How are you guys doing? Gabe DeArmond here, PowerMizzou.com. Welcome to the 573Ts postgame live show after a 23-10 Missouri win over South Carolina. In a little while, Gerard Hamilton is going to be joining me from Williams-Brice Stadium's press box. He is currently somewhere around that complex doing post-game interviews in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm here at the home office in Columbia, Missouri, where I just got done watching the game, as did all of you, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Every week we do this here on our post-game show, which is brought to you by 573Ts. You see their logo up there in the left-hand corner of the screen. That is also their website, 573TEES.com. If you want to visit them in person, they are located. They have a storefront in Alley A between 9th and 10th Streets, um, just about a half block south of Broadway in Columbia, Missouri. You can check them out. They can do all kinds of stuff for you guys. Uh, the thicker kickers shirts, um, the further away you get from the, the goalposts, the better those sell. Uh, they do a lot of NIL stuff. They do custom uh, custom shirts. They can make you literally as little as one. They made me an Ed Chang Idaho State shirt, or they'd really like to do bulk orders. They'll make you one shirt, but they'd like to make you a bunch. So get in touch with them, 573-TEES.com. As I said, Gerard is going to join us in a little while, but I imagine he's going to have probably 30, 40 minutes of work. So uh, it's going to be me filling time. Until then, I will, uh, first of all, welcome uh, Jovan Baxley, who tossed us a, a couple bucks to get the show started. And we always appreciate that. Never ask for it, never require it. But if you want to do it, if you appreciate our efforts after the game here, we certainly do appreciate that. Jovan, thank you very much. We'll get to your comments and everybody others, everybody else's uh, relatively quickly. I imagine this is going to be a good night. Uh, I tweeted something toward the end of the game. I think this is the story. Missouri's defense is going to get a ton of credit. Absolutely. And it is deserved. That was a dominant effort. 203 yards. It was really only that because in the last you know, four minutes, South Carolina was in a little bit of desperation mode and had the football. At one point with with about five minutes left to go, Missouri actually had twice as much yardage as South Carolina. So dominant defensive performance, no question. Uh, the stats, 203 yards allowed, 32 yards rushing on 23 carries. They forced two turnovers. They got four sacks. All those numbers wildly impressive. But that's what we expect out of this Missouri team. This Missouri team has done that all year. They gave up realistically 10 points to Auburn. They gave up 17 points to Florida. Only gave up 26 to Georgia, and maybe not even really that many. Um, they only gave up seven to Vanderbilt. Like This has been a dominant defensive team. What it has not had is any help whatsoever from the Missouri offense. And tonight, it got help from the offense. Was it perfect? No. But we've said all along, look, they're, they're scoring 17, 14 points. Just, just get into the 20s and you have a chance. Missouri's offense scored 23 points tonight. 17 of those were in the first half. Only six in the second half. Very probably should have been nine. I mean, Mevis missed basically an extra point, but 367 total yards. Brady Cook, 1726, 224 yards. Cody Schrader, 22 carries, 81 yards. Cook ran for 53 himself. Dom Lovett, 10 catches, a buck 48. Uh, by the way, 10 catches on 10 targets. But here's the key, guys no turnovers. Had six penalties for 45 yards, but they weren't super damaging. 
No turnovers. They got out of their own way. They played a clean football game. And that's what we haven't seen out of Missouri all year long. It's It's been not only mistakes, but mistakes are just brutal times. Yeah, Mavis missed a kick tonight. Might have missed two. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, it you know, no turnovers. No just mind-numbing throws. No bad decisions. Uh, they got out of their own way, and they played a clean football game. And with this defense against this team, that's good enough. Now, is that good enough to beat Kentucky? Is it good enough to beat Arkansas? I don't know. We'll find those things out maybe. Uh, but against this South Carolina team, it absolutely was. Um, you know, Eli Drinkwood said after the game, I'm sure we're going to have a bunch of talk about this, and we will. Uh, we will definitely discuss it. But he said after the game on the field, in, in the interview with Alyssa Lang, you know, Brady Cook has taken a lot of crud and a lot of crap this year, and he deserves a lot of praise this week, and he's 100% right. Brady Cook was not maybe Hendon Hooker, was not C.J. Stroud, but he played a clean football game. He had 279 yards of total offense. He was the better quarterback on the field tonight. There's no question. I, I mean, it, there's just – there's no question. He was a far better player in this football game than Spencer Rattler. So those are kind of my initial thoughts. Credit to Brady Cook, credit to the Missouri offense, as always credit to the defense. But the difference tonight was the offense. And I thought there was some difference in play calling too. We'll probably get to that. But want to get to your guys' comments, questions, all that. We're going to fill the show mostly with that until Gerard, uh, until Gerard joins us, which again, I'm going to guess – half hour usually for post-game interviews and to get back up in the press box, maybe a little bit more. Um, but Javon says that Brady Cook played his best game of the season. Very good to see Elijah Young back out there. Good hands by, I assume, Schrader in the O-line to milk the clock away. Agree with all those things. By far Brady Cook's best game. That first half was, I mean, the first quarter was the best quarter of his career. First half, best half of his career and start to finish, best game of his career. No question. Elijah Young out there. Um, Nate Pete, not pretty sure Nate Pete didn't take a snap, uh, which isn't a surprise if you heard what what Eli Drinkwood said on on Tuesday of this week. Uh, Schrader was was the lead back, but he, Eli Young had a part. Taj Butts actually on the field for the first snap. He was Missouri's blocking back. A lot of two back sets. So I think he may have seen the field for a snap or two here or there, but that's the first meaningful playing time he's gotten. Um, Right guard was different tonight. EJ and Doma Ogar got the start over Mitchell Walters. I assume played pretty well because I never really noticed him. Ryan Horstkamp got to play a lot at tight end. Kabet Chepitor did not. So Eli Drinkwitz deserves credit. He changed things. There were different guys. I think the play calls were different too, but there were different guys. And, you know, is that... I mean, I'm sure there are some people going, well, where have those guys been all year? What if maybe we could have beaten Auburn or Florida? Maybe so. I don't know. But he did it. And that's really all that matters. The other stuff is all hypothetical and in hindsight's 2020. He made the changes and they worked. And that's good to see. I mean, we've been asking for some of those guys. I've I've been asking why Elijah Young can't play when he's healthy. He did, he looked good. I've been asking where Ryan Horsecamp was. He played well. He played, he played well. I've been asking why nobody else on the offensive line can get on the field. EJ and Domo Ogar did. He played well. So, you know, credit to Eli Drinkwitz for making the changes and and even more credit to him that they worked. That's what you want to see. Uh, good to get on a win on the road. Yeah, they're three and eleven on the road now, which is not great. 
it's better than two and twelve. Um, you know, I, I think the road the home road thing is a little overplayed, to be quite honest, but it's a factor, no doubt. Uh, too simplistic, perfect, perfect username. I don't think Brady played great, but he didn't cost us, which is huge. And that's not too simplistic. That's it. I mean, he played very well. Um, you know, again, was he CJ Stroud? to 400 yards total offense and six touchdowns no but but he played very well you that's the game that i envisioned when at the beginning of the year i said you can win games with brady cook that that's what i thought we that's the upside of brady cook right that's that's what you want to see he's not going to go out and put 500 yards on the on the stat sheet but if he can play that game tonight if he can make no mistakes if he can just move the offense that's your guy. Uh, Dominic absolutely made all the difference, and Schrader is what we need consistency and just getting the ball upfield. Yeah, Cody Schrader did a nice job uh, grinding the clock, 3.7 yards a carry, not stunning or anything, but he ran six minutes off the clock. Dominic Lovett, best offensive player, certainly on the field. Again, 10 targets, 10 catches, 148 yards. Um, you know, he's and for all the talk about can we get Luther Burden the ball more? Hey, four touches, 15 yards, had a big drop. But love it is what you hope is the blueprint for Luther Burden. Last year, Dominic Lovett had 26 catches for 173 yards. In this game alone, 10 for a buck 48. He's leading the SEC in receiving. That's what you hope. That's the leap you hope Luther Burden takes next year when, oh, by the way, Dominic Lovett will still be on this football team. Um, I think it's fair to say Blake Baker is gone. Uh, look, I'm I'm not going to go there yet, guys. I mean, is he going to have a chance? Yeah, I would think he'd have chances places. He's done a phenomenal job. I I was actually, it's kind of interesting when when you don't cover the game in person and get a chance to hear the broadcast. You know, it's a little bit of a different viewpoint and the. The uh, broadcasters were talking about how Steve Wilkes was the DC last year and, and and Baker just came in and he learned the terminology instead of making the kids learn a new system. And it was almost said like, well, Steve Wilkes had this good defense and so Blake Baker just wanted to come in and continue. No, Steve Wilkes had a terrible defense with a lot of the same players that Blake Baker has to work with. And it's way better. I mean, Ennis Rakestraw is so much better than he was last year. I understand he got hurt last year, but even in the first four games. Chris Abrams ran a better player than he was last year. Chad Bailey, for some reason, wasn't even on the field the first six games of last year. Much better player, obviously. Isaiah McGuire has gotten better. Trajan Jeffcoat has gotten better. Throw in Drayden Norwood, a freshman transfer from Texas A&M that, I mean, you know, South Carolina went after him when, when Ennis went out with an injury, South Carolina threw the ball at him about six straight plays and he held his own, came up with the pick that iced the game. I mean, there are, there are players all over the JC Carlisle. He's going to be an NFL draft pick in April. So, you know, players on the, on the field and they deserve talent, but Blake Baker has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Justin says perfect game management by the staff. Uh, yeah, I agree. Again, that was a different offense than we watched in the first, first few games i mean everything was short it was just get the ball to burden and love it and let them do something with it, it, it they hit two long passes to dominic love but those only came after like screen left screen white right jet sweep you know quick slant I, I mean everything was quick everything was short everything was controlled i liked the game plan and that's easy to say because it worked but i thought it looked different i i don't think this was the same 
uh, play sheet that they've been going. Uh, and I, apparently Teresa agrees with me. It felt better or different. I mean, it was obviously better again, because it worked, but it looked different to me. It just did. And I think also the change at running back helped because Nate Pete did a lot of the outside zone stuff. And that just never really seemed to, I mean, every now and then he'd get the corner or he'd use a speed, but it just, hasn't seemed to be where they've been most successful. They've been most successful with hand the ball off and go, right? And and Brady Cook, credit to him, he made the right reads on some zone reads tonight that I think he hasn't made a lot of times this year. Um, so it obviously always is going to look better when you execute it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was different. I And again, I'm, I'm not there. I'll be interested to see if uh, when we get Gerard on here, if they talk to Drinkwitz at all about that, if he had any comments there. But, you know, I thought it looked different. Again, that's that's just me, um, but that's what I thought. So uh, hang on, tweeting this out and making sure everybody can join us. I do want to say while you guys are here, hit the like button, subscribe to the show, do all the things that, that the people who care about YouTube metrics ask you to do. I don't care that much about them, but I'm supposed to. So uh, please do. Um, let's see. Keep on rolling through. Uh, the comments, uh, Phillips as Drinkowitz, Rakus. Yeah, I enjoyed when they called uh, Ennis Rakastraw. I don't really know how you get that out of his name, but but you know, whatever Joe says, uh, felt like the O line improved, play calling was better at times. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, O line clearly looked better, but I think some of that had to do with the play calling. There wasn't a lot of drop back and and you know, sit there in the first half, there was a lot of raise up and get rid of the football. And that's, we've said it for a few weeks. You can scheme around having an offensive line that's not that good. And do I think just magically by EJ and Doma Ogar entering the starting lineup, this line got a lot better or a lot more talented? Probably not. I think Eli Drinkwitz deserves a lot of credit for figuring out a way to to work with what he has because it is what he has. There's no trade deadline. You're not getting a new guy at center or at right tackle or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm impressed. I, I thought he found a way to uh to get around it, around it, no question. Too simplistic says I wish we could figure out offense in the red zone, specifically inside the 10. Here's the last sentence is right. You said we're just too afraid to throw it. I agree. He coaches still like a coach that doesn't really trust his offense um i don't think they threw a single football in the end zone tonight um i could be wrong if i'm wrong somebody please correct me but i i don't think they threw a ball into the end zone even when they're down on the five yard line everything is lateral and i get it but when you get down there I'd like to have seen a play action to somebody or, you know, just once. I, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much because they won 23-10 and, and they deserve credit for that. But, you know, there were a couple times where you thought, wonder if you're going to miss those points when you got three instead of seven. Now, you didn't ultimately because Spencer Rattler in the South Carolina offense was flat out inept. Um, but I agree with those things. The other the other time I thought, and, and again, I, I understood why he did it. But when you get the ball back with 47 seconds in a timeout, maybe two, but definitely one in the first half uh, in a 17-7 game, I wouldn't have hated 
at least like running a short pass or handing the ball off and, and seeing if you could get something going and end up with three. But I understood why he didn't do it because his offense felt pretty good about itself at that point. And that's not a group that's felt good about itself all year. So you want them to go to the, go to the locker room feeling good rather than, you know, maybe make a mistake and all of a sudden you're in a 17 game and thinking, Oh my God, here we go again. So I completely understood why he did it. Just the greedy part of you goes, hmm, I wonder if they could have gotten something else and into the, into the game sooner. But uh, again, overall, like I can't imagine any, any grade for this game for the coaches that isn't an A. I, I just, uh, I just can't. Uh, let's see. Aiden says the biggest difference in the game was the O-line. It was a big one. Um, I would argue maybe the, the quarterback was just as big, um, but it, mostly I think it was not making mistakes. That And that includes everybody. They had one false start. Um, most of the penalties, I think, were defensive. <laughs> most of them, I think, came on one drive, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, O-line definitely a part of it. Uh, Logan says Mevis has gone from the most consistently reliable part of this team to the most chaotic. Look, they just are getting too close for it, man. You got it. Once you get in inside 50, you just got to go for it on fourth down uh, because he's good from 50 and out. He's just apparently terrible from 30 and in now, which is really weird. I, I don't know. Um, and look, I don't want to gloss over it because with Kentucky and Arkansas, like, it could be a thing, right? I mean, it's already lost him a game this year. And it could be the difference between going to a bowl game or not going to a bowl game. It didn't burn him today. But Missouri has basically spent the last two years saying, hey, we're good. I mean, we get we get inside the 35. We're trotting our guy out there and we've got points. And you don't say that anymore. Um, so you have to operate a little bit differently, even – you know, we're talking about conservative offense in the red zone. Even if you're at the six-yard line, you now need to try to score because we've seen enough that it's an issue, and it's kind of consistently been an issue. So you need to try to get six as opposed to just saying, hey, we're good with three. Um, you know, and and hey, he's got to make those kicks. I, I, I don't blame the coaches for that, but – I think it does force you to make a little bit of an adjustment to how you operate. Operate, uh, yeah. T. Rise, hard to argue, man. Hard to argue. It is. I look. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the opponent or piling on a kid. But how anybody could ever have thought that guy was a Heisman Trophy candidate? I mean, Lincoln Riley made the right call. Uh, you know, he's just. Missouri had the better quarterback and the better offense, and it's it's not particularly close. Um, Mitchell Stevens says keeping Lloyd to 30 yards rushing was gigantic. Absolutely. Uh, an, another big factor in this game. And uh, I, mean, I mean, really just, look, we've been, on, been going about 20 minutes, and I think it's pretty obvious this was just a solid game top to bottom. I, I mean, the only thing you can find, I think, to complain about is, hey, our, our formerly automatic kicker is no longer automatic. But, I mean, offensively, hey, they did what you need them to do. Defensively, they did what they've done all year. The coaching, I, 
I literally can't really think of one thing to legitimately complain about. Again, red zone, yeah, you'd like to see a little more, but you understand why he was doing it the way he did. Um, so offense, defense, special teams, I, I, I've got a hard time coming up with anything that you should be unhappy about. Uh, no, th- There just wasn't anything. Uh, so yes, like Mitchell said, I mean, the run defense, definitely part of that. I'll take a look at the stats real quick. Marshawn Lloyd, seven carries for 30 yards. I think those were all in the first half almost. Uh, let me see. I I think I can actually find halftime stats. If you give me just a minute. Okay. Halftime. Well, all I can find is, is team stats at halftime. Uh, South Carolina ran 12 times for 37 yards in the first half. That means in the second half, South Carolina, hang on, you got to let me get back to the right page. South Carolina ran 11 times for negative five yards in the second half. And, And yes, some of that was sacks, but still the negative five rushing yards in the second half. That's going to win you a whole bunch of games, guys. So uh, well done uh, on that front. Uh, Schrader is the hardest runner on the team, hands down, no, no question. Um, uh, great to see different players agree. Philip is asking if Marquise Grassi was on the field. I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to look at snap counts. I mean, I didn't specifically see him. Blake Baker said he was a guy that he thought could help him uh, because Josh Landry, who has basically been the fourth defense fourth or fifth defensive tackle this year broke a finger um so you're looking at you know the starters dominique uh uh darius robinson i'm sorry and um christian williams then you got Jaden jernigan then you've got realist george who slides into that four spot so if graciel was there it was like that fifth guy if they went there might have been a few plays uh, that he could play, but my guess would be they just went with four. I don't know. I didn't specifically see him. If anybody did, uh, you know, chime in. I'll I'll check the snap counts tomorrow morning. All that, and um, we'll we'll post those on the site. I I don't think he played, but that's just because I didn't specifically notice him. But I'll be honest, I don't specifically notice defensive tackles a lot of the time, right? Um, let's see. Armand Mimbo was on the field a bunch as well. Yeah, he's been playing a lot the last few weeks. He's he's already blown past his red shirt and uh and all that. Uh Andy's asking about the the red zone play calling. And obviously, guys, I'm I'm catching up. I'm a little delayed on the comments here, but but we have have addressed that quite a bit. It can be better, no question, but I don't think he completely trusts his offense. Uh, too simplistic, asking what Drinkwitz was yelling to Cook about in the final minutes. I, I'm guessing he wanted him to run around a little bit more, so they wasted 12 more seconds so they didn't have to punt the ball to South Carolina. Um, that would be my guess. I, and, hey, that's coaching. The, he, he yelled at the punter after the punt that ended with one second left. So, you know, I get it. You're coaching the whistle, all that, but it was a good win. Um, and, and I think everybody was, was probably happy with that. Uh, Cook took a snap on the final drive with seven seconds left on the play clock. Logan said, so that's what Eli was mad about. That makes sense. I I get it. Um, you know, and, and Hey, it's a coachable moment and all that. So I get it. Uh, not a big deal in the end. Um, David Newman says 27 of 29 first down plays that avoided negative yardage. Um, yeah, 
that's that's big not being in second and 12 or second and 15 i do remember i think they had one false start on first down so we're probably in first and 15 i don't know what they did on the next play but again just across the board just kind of what they haven't done this year they did tonight and that's uh, the column that i've started and we'll finish after this show is basically missouri won today because missouri wasn't missouri and the team they played became missouri Missouri didn't do the things all year that they've done offensively, and South Carolina suddenly started doing them. Um, and maybe South Carolina's done them all year. I don't. I haven't watched a ton of them. I do know South Carolina came into the game leading the SEC in turnovers, so it's not like they were this well-oiled offensive machine. But my point is Missouri quit making mistakes, and South Carolina made them for them, and that's why Missouri won the game. Included on that is first down execution. Included on that is third down execution. Um, you know, no question. Uh, let's see. Uh, just being picky after a win like this, Pavel says, but what do you think about not trying to score at the end of the first half? Talked about that a little. You'd like to see it. I get why you, you wanted to see it, but you have to know your team. And I, I get why he didn't do it. Um, you know, I, I, it, it was probably the right move to sit on the ball. I, I would probably have handed the ball off or run a quick screen and see what happens on the first play. And if you, you know, if you get eight, 10 yards, then maybe you go ahead and move. But I didn't really have a problem with what Drinkwitz did. I, I understood why he did it. Um, <laughs> JB says this might be the first time I've smiled all season. I hope that's not true, man. I, I hope it's not that important to you. I get it. It's a better day when your team wins, but hope you're happy. Uh, other than that, Freeway Jared says, eventually we need to have an honest talk about Martez's snaps in comparison to Dalen Carnell. Look, I kind of agree. I've agreed since game three. I think Carnell's a better football player. But also this team's playing really well on defense. And I, I'm not going to argue too much with what Blake Baker decides to do. I, you know, um, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's working. So what, that's fine. Uh, more questions about chances. They bring Baker back. Look, we, we got to get to the end of the year guys. I, I don't know. I don't know what's open. I don't know who will be offered. I, I, I don't know what the last four weeks of the season are going to look like. Is it possible he could get another job? Absolutely. He's done a great job here, but I just, Let's worry about it when the time comes. There's no point to to worry about it with with four weeks left in the season, I don't think. Um, JMKLF, been impressed with Cook's durability and toughness. He took some hits today. Yeah, look, that's the one thing that at no point this year could you have questioned about Brady Cook. I mean, he's he has taken a beating, and he's always gotten up. He has stood in there. He has done the interviews. He has answered the questions. He has taken the shots from the fans. He's done everything the way you want him to do it. Um, and like Eli Drinkwood said, he deserves praise this week. Um, you know, he he is, he is. I mean, the, the hit against Vanderbilt last week, I didn't know if he was going to be able to stand up. On, and he took a couple like that. There was a picture, I think it was in the Florida game, where he, he was kind of on his knees. He kind of like half slid, but didn't really slide. And the linebacker bit him over backwards. I mean, it, it was, he has taken some absolute shots this week. Uh, or this year, there is zero question. Um, Scott says Auburn lost, Georgia loss, and Florida loss are brutal for this season. Should have beat all three. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You should have beat Auburn. There's no question you should have beat Auburn. But why should you beat Florida? I, I mean, it was they were up twenty four ten. 
They all played you. I, I don't think it's fair to say you should have beat, could have beat Florida. If you play your best game, you beat Florida. But that's why they play games, because I, I don't think it's fair to say Missouri should have won that game. And I don't really think it's fair to say Missouri should have won Georgia. Missouri could have won Georgia, but Georgia made the plays to win that game. The only one I say they should have won was Auburn. Now, again, if they played like they played today in all three of those games, they win at least two of them. But they didn't. Um, and, and so I don't think that you can say that, that they should have won those three games, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Towski's been a non-factor. He has, I, I mean, he just look at, doesn't seem to be open a lot. Uh, doesn't seem to be catching the ball much. Uh, I am getting a low battery warning on my, uh, headphones. So I hope that I'm able to hear Gerard if he if he does show up but we'll see how that goes um but no I I agree with you guys that uh Towski Dove has has been a non-factor there's there's no question about it um hey Josh appreciate uh the the contribution I just got to it just saw it but thank you very much for for chipping in uh feels nice to have a wire to wire win more than anything especially on the road and that's a good point like you just you went out you took the lead you took control and you held on to it. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> Hey, uh, it, it, there was, there was, there was a moment. I mean, I think South Carolina got back to within 17, 10. There was a moment after the miss Mevis field goal where you kind of thought, oh, they really going to do this. Cause this would be a really bad loss, but they didn't, they got it back under control pretty quickly. I think that was the drive that Brady cook uh, hit a big connection to Dom Lovett and, and hey, they went and they took care of it, and and they deserve credit for that. Uh, again, Josh, appreciate the um, the contribution, uh, tossing us a little money. That is again always appreciated, um, but but never required. Uh, we do this for free every uh, Saturday that Missouri plays a game. We do it in part for free because of help from our friends at Five Seven Three Tees. You can see the logo. And the web address up there in the left-hand corner of your screen, 573-TEES.com. Uh, any order, no matter how big or small. Well, I don't want to say no matter how big. If you call and ask them for 12,000 shirts, I don't know. I assume they'll find a way to do it, but I, I don't want to set unrealistic expectations. But they can do anything you want. Custom shirts, they've got some pre pre-made stuff. I actually saw a guy at the, the gym today wearing one of their uh, 573 T's state of Missouri outline with 573 written across it. Very cool shirt. Uh, they made me an Ed Chang shirt, which is my most prized possession. They've made us some power Mizzou stuff. I think Gerard's got it on actually in the press box and, and I uh, may have that on when he joins us. I mean, I hope he has it on because you know, the alternative isn't great. So 573T's.com. Anything you want. Chief stuff. I've got some some of their chief shirts. Uh, very cool. I've got a Shakespeare shirt from them. All kinds of stuff. Uh, local flavor. Check it out. Great guys down at 573. Local business. And we ask you to help them out because they help us do this for you guys uh, and not worry about the money every single week. So appreciate that. Uh, Scott wants to know if Mizzou can steal a win from Arkansas or Kentucky. They can. I, I don't think there's any question they can. They just have to play well. and. You know, I I like the chances against Kentucky a little bit better than Arkansas. First of all, because right now Missouri has momentum and feels good about itself. But also because Arkansas can put up points, right? I don't think Arkansas is a great football team, 
But I do think it's a football team that can score. They scored 38 against Auburn today. They scored 52 against BYU earlier this year. I mean, they're a team that can put up points. And even on good days, Missouri is not equipped to win shootouts. Um, so look, at you're 4-4 four and four right now. If you go beat Kentucky next week, you're, you're going to a bowl game. I mean, it, it, next week pretty much becomes the season, and then you go into Arkansas, and hey, hopefully you get seven, and you match my preseason prediction of seven and five. Then you're playing a little bit with house money, um, but if you go beat Kentucky, you, barring disaster against New Mexico State, you're in a bowl game. So sure, they can steal one of those games, but like we said, you know, they could have beaten Georgia, could have beaten Florida, could have beaten Auburn, didn't. Could have lost to Vanderbilt, didn't you know? So, um, yeah, it's absolutely possible. I mean, anything from, and I'm not going to say they can't beat Tennessee. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Tennessee, but like they almost beat Georgia, so they could beat Tennessee. But you're not probably going to play your best game every time out, so I think they're going to trip up somewhere. So the ceiling right now is seven and five, and the floor is now five and seven. Today changed the floor. Today moved the floor from four and eight to five and seven. It kept a bowl game within reasonable discussion. Um, you know, now we see what happens against Kentucky next week. And and again, if you win that one, hey, you at least know you're going to Tampa or Birmingham or something. Um Torpid Roller says, like the right guard change, is it just time to put Mimbo at right tackle? I wouldn't be upset if that's what they decided to do. Um, you know, I, I don't think it would make them worse. I could agree with that. Uh, carried by dad says a lot of high snaps. There was one time it looked like cook wasn't quite ready. They ended up getting a first down on that play. There were some high snaps, no question. Um, center's a tough spot to play. You got to get the snap back and then get your head up and block. I thought Connor Tollison did a better job blocking today. Um, the snaps still kind of an issue. Yes. Um, and so that's the next step, right? Uh, Mo Football says need to score 30 to beat those teams. You need to score 30 to beat Arkansas. I don't know if you need to score 30 uh, to beat Kentucky. It's possible. A um, lot of, oh, my God, Blake Baker's going to leave. Uh, we know that. Uh, Joe says that Marshawn Lloyd was hurt. I didn't see it happen. I, I'm, that makes sense, certainly. Seven carries and 30 yards. Uh, let's see. Man at arms drink has got to learn to keep the offense in drive mode. They've got to keep the foot on the gas, but do they, I mean, with this defense, do they, because they won the game and there was ever really a time where they were threatened. So I think he managed the game fine. I, I mean, again, this was a good offensive night for Missouri. It was not a great offensive night. You know, I mean, there are a lot of offenses that are going to score a lot more than 23 points. They didn't happen to play one of them tonight. They didn't play one of them last week. But like this offensive night, this doesn't beat Arkansas. This doesn't beat Tennessee. But he knows what his offense is. And this is about the best you can ask from them. You can't ask them to go score 40. They're not, they're not good enough. That's that's not what this team is. You have to play complementary football. And Missouri did. What that means for this team is run the football, control the clock, 
don't make mistakes. They did all of that tonight. So, you know, well done. Um, again, they, they just needed an offense that could do a little bit. You don't need this offense to win games. You need this offense to not lose games. And that's what happened tonight. Uh, Camden wants to know if Lovett makes first team all SEC. I mean, he's leading the league in yards and receptions last night, or receptions first and yards second or something like that last I knew. I would certainly think he's he's got a good shot. Um, ben says, why didn't drink run plays at the end? Again, just risk management. I mean, snap it to your quarterback, either have him take a knee or run around for a couple seconds there's less chance to turn the ball over than there is if you hand it off. I, I mean, so, and South Carolina needed two scores. It, it didn't matter um, what happened in the final two minutes or whatever that was. Uh, didn't matter. Big shout out to the D line coach. Uh, they've made a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, Al Davis has, has made himself some nice money. Kevin Peoples has come in and they've done a good job. I think DJ Coleman has been an addition that we probably haven't talked about enough. Uh, had another either sack or half sack today. I'm, I'm not sure which one it was, but he was in on another sack. Third straight game um, has done a very nice job. Um, let's see. Um, Ostock says uh, South Carolina takes advantage of mistakes and Mizzou didn't make any. Uh, solid win. Yeah, that that really is it, right? Like South again, if you looked at these teams before the game, they looked like the same team. I, I mean, if you looked at stats, you would have thought these teams had the same record. The difference is South Carolina had had some good fortune and had taken advantage of other teams' mistakes. Missouri had had some bad fortune and had been the team making those mistakes. Tonight, those roles were reversed. Missouri didn't do anything that could give South Carolina any any points or any, you know, they didn't crack the door for for the the villain to reach in and, and, and shove it open. Um, and that was all it took, really. All it took tonight was just don't screw up. And Missouri did that for the first time all year. I'll be honest, guys, that's all it takes a lot of times. More games are lost than are won. A lot of times, all you got to do to win a game is not screw up. Uh, Missouri's lost three games this year that, I mean, the, the K-State game, whatever that, that was, they were going to lose that almost regardless, but the other three games, you could argue they lost those as much as the other team won them. And that's what, like, I can make the same argument tonight. South Carolina lost this game in large part. I mean, Missouri won it and Missouri took advantage of it and they deserve credit. But again, if you were one of those saying, well, South Carolina is not very good. They've been lucky. Well, Missouri is a little lucky tonight, probably. Then. And that's okay. You need the breaks, right? Hey, sometimes you need the, uh, need the refs to call pass interference when it's clearly not pass interference on an interception. Sometimes things like that help you out. It's okay. Uh Jay Rowley says the offense is developing relatively young and drinks learning to call a better game. His approach to the in-game management sucked. I, I don't agree. They were up 13 points. I don't think it mattered by then. Uh, I, I think it uh, was fine. But overall, yeah, I mean, look, they well done today. I, I, I don't think you can find anything to complain about other than, again, Harrison Mevis makes you a little nervous, and he's never made you nervous before. Who's more valuable to the program, Drinkwitz or Baker? I mean, I I don't know. Uh, Baker's probably done a better job uh, this year, but Drinkwitz is the head coach, and Drinkwitz hired him. 
you know, so I get the question. I, I mean, if you said, which one do you want to lose? You probably usually use, lose the defensive coordinator. Otherwise I'm saying, I think Blake Baker should be the head coach. And, and I don't think that's probably the case. Um, Jacob says offense definitely deserves praise. What stood out to you from the defense? I mean, they just like, they did what they've done all year, right? And a strike straw goes out and Drayden Norwood comes in and they don't miss a beat. Um, Martez Manuel, Isaiah McGuire, KAD led the team with five tackles. Like it was just everybody there. There wasn't really one guy that I said, wow, he was incredible on defense. It was just everybody. I mean, Ennis had four tackles, tackle for loss, a pass breakup and a forced fumble. Statistically, he was the best player. Tyron Hopper only had three tackles, but two of them were for a loss. He broke up a pass. He hurried the quarterback. Jalen Carlisle forced a fumble. Norwood had a pick. I, I mean, just everybody that played. And by the way, for whoever was asking earlier, Marquise Gracial is not listed in the defensive stats. That does not mean he didn't play. He could have played and not gotten a statistic, but I don't thinks that's the case. I, I think probably he didn't play. Um, I thought Dalen Carnell played well. I thought Joseph Charleston played really pretty well, pretty well. Sorry. Got a hit on Rattler at one point. So it just across the board, just everybody's good. Everybody does their job and, and that's why it's working. Uh, does love it leave after this season? He, I mean, he can't go pro. It's only his second year. If you're asking if he transfers, I don't know why he would. He's the SEC's leading receiver. I think he's, he's probably good. Um, Let's see. Uh, AU Stock says the Kansas State loss doesn't seem bad anymore after what they keep doing. I mean, it's it was never a bad loss. It was a bad loss because it was 40 to 6 and because you didn't compete. But yeah, I mean, look, going into that game, the only people that said Missouri should win that game, really the only people that said Missouri should win that game were were the ones picking with their hearts. I mean, nobody picked Missouri to win that game. I, I picked it to be a lot closer than it was, but Kansas State's a good football team. And Missouri fans didn't want to admit that, um, but they are. And, you know, they've shown that this year. They had a letdown against Tulane, and, and uh, you know, that's obviously a thing, but but they're a good football team. Uh, so it, it hurts in that Missouri should never look that bad against that team. But just a loss doesn't hurt. Um, Sean Davis wants the Isaiah McGuire appreciation post. Look, he's done really well. And, and like guys like him are are what I wonder about the defense next year. It's not just Blake Baker. It's a guy like Isaiah McGuire. I think he's probably played himself into the draft. Darius Robinson maybe played himself into the draft. Jalen Carlisle, I don't think there's any doubt. Tyron Hopper maybe played himself into the draft. Chris Abrams Drain maybe played himself into the draft. And even those guys, even if they haven't, I mean, McGuire's been here five years. Maybe he's just, maybe he's ready to go, right? Maybe he's ready to live life. Same with Trajan Jeffcoat, same with Robinson. Um, you know, so I, that defense, regardless of whether Blake Baker's here or not, the defense is, is going to look different next season. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, let's see. Uh, a lot of these uh, pretty similar. JB saying we need to pack the stadium, make Faroe a disruptive environment. That's how we win six games. Yeah, um, it would help, certainly. But again, Missouri fans have, have done their jobs this year. There were 58,000 at Georgia. There were 60,000 against Vanderbilt. 
um, whatever the number is next week against Kentucky, it is. You've done your part. Uh, this is not your fault if this team doesn't win six games. It is on the team to win six games or more and give you a reason to come back. Um, today was nice. It was a good start. Uh, but they're still four and four. Like, you know, hey, you, you need a, this needs to be consistent for you to carry it into the offseason and feel good about it. Because if they just come back next week and they if, if they end up five and seven, this was a blip, right? It just – it was. It was fine. You beat a team that I guess was worse than you do were, even though for some reason they were ranked 25th in the country. I don't know. Uh, but my point is it's on the team to keep giving you reasons to show up uh, because Missouri has largely done that. Um, let's see. Uh, keep going. Um, uh, Spencer says, feel good about this team. Cook played well enough to win. Intrigued to see the defense versus the Tennessee offense in a couple weeks. I agree. I mean, I've seen Josh Heupel's offense. I've got a hard time thinking you can shut that thing down for a full game. But one of the criticisms when he was here, uh, was that, it didn't necessarily fare real well against the better teams, right? Um, Missouri's a better defensive team, certainly. So it'll be interesting. Tennessee right now up 13-6 on Kentucky. They get Georgia next week. Um, you know, so they've got a little run, a little two-week stretch here that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be fun to see what the Missouri defense can do against that team. Gerard did send me a message a few minutes ago. He's on his way back up to the press box. So uh, hopefully we'll have him on here in the next five, ten minutes, chat with him and and let everybody go about their day. Um, let's see, a couple of calls for Tavoris Jones at running back. And I, I've said that too, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue today with what Schrader did. And, and I liked Elijah Young. I mean, Elijah Young, every single time, he gets a chance. He's done pretty well, you know. Um, let's see. He's got uh, – what did he have? He had three carries for 20 yards and a catch for 11 yards. So four touches, 31 yards. That's pretty good. I'll take that, you know. Um, no question. Uh, so I I get wanting to see Tavoris Jones, but today – I think I was okay with, with what they did. Uh, Stewart says I'm late. Where was Pete? Uh, uh, Drinkwitz basically said on Tuesday, I asked, I can't even remember what the question was. I asked something about running back and, and he said, well, it was going to be different this week. He said, Cody Schrader was going to get most of the carries and there was going to be a shakeup. Look, it, it was the fumble against Vanderbilt. I mean, the one against Auburn, Hey, it happens. It's tough, uh, but it happens. But the second one, now it's a trend and this team can't, it's not good enough to overcome those things against most teams. So he took the risk out and he benched the guy that wasn't hanging on to the ball. And he played the guy who was hanging on to the ball. That's uh, that's really all there is to it. Uh, Bo says the special teams coverage was pretty good. I mean, other than the 55 yard kickoff return that, you know, they got, uh, they got called back on a penalty. Yeah. Special teams, not an issue. And anytime you're playing a Shane Beamer, uh, team and special teams is not an issue that is uh that is good gerard i can see you give me a thumbs up whenever you're ready and and i will bring you into the show okay gerard hamilton joining us from uh from the press box at williams bryce stadium in columbia so gerard you're back from post-game interviews just 
quick overview. What was, I, I assume everybody was pretty happy, but, but you know, what was the, what was kind of the, the talking points? Um, so obviously Drake, Drake was happy. I think his biggest thing was undisciplined, I mean, disciplined play for once, you know, there was no, no shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, they've had, I think they had six penalties, three on the offensive line, just a couple false starts, nothing that felt like, dang, if they had this play or dang, if they had that play, they were happy, was happy about the offense. And you could get a sense of, because we had him, Cook, Break Straw, and Love It. You can sense from the, all the offensive guys that it felt like good that when the defense gave up that touchdown, it wasn't like a back-breaking play or it wasn't mm -hmm. like, ah, now they made their one mistake because the defense is going to give up a drive or something. It wasn't feeling like, ah, you know, the game's out of reach. They felt good that they were able to, you know, do their thing. Um, Drink said a nice, uh, an interesting, of course, kind of funny, shady little thing about, you know, you guys talk so much about Brady Cook, and there wasn't questions about Brady Cook. I mean, not that there wasn't going to be, but when he felt like we weren't asking them quick enough, he was just like, I think we should, as much crap as he gets, he should get, you know, the praise for his play today. He played very yep. well today. Whether it was third down, they were 8 of 16, and one of them was them kneeling the ball at the end. I don't really count that. I mean, he, he was making great reads. This is the first time all season where his read options and zone reads seemed to be making sense. And, and there wasn't a play where you felt like, oh, you really put that in jeopardy. So he was kind of just saying, you know, he has to get some of the love and there shouldn't be any talk about a backup quarterback, you know, when he's playing well on the road. Um, and, and I guess he was happy with the defense. Mm -hmm. Of course, they do yeah. their thing. The changes he made today as far as, um, just the little wrinkles we didn't see today, whether that's the Luther Burden getting toss crack plays or, you know, the change of EJ and Doma Ogar getting the start at right guard. He felt like the offensive line. He didn't say it, but you can tell he knew this was one of their best games, if not the best game they played all season. Um, and again, it's just this is the first time. And if you guys have been reading the work and stuff like that, we, you and I have both said they have to play disciplined and not do penalties on the offensive line and kind of string together a good offensive line play. They haven't been able to do it. They did it today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said, I started out, I, I even tweeted this out at the end of the game. I said, look, the defense is going to get a lot of credit and it's deserved, but like the defense has done this every week this year. This is what this defense is. The difference in this game tonight was Missouri's offense. And it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like we were watching you know, the 99 Rams or, or the 2019 chiefs out there, but it just got out of its own way and didn't, didn't shoot itself in the foot. And that's really all this team needs, at least to win this game. Like, I don't know if that's enough to beat Kentucky or Arkansas or Tennessee, but it was enough to win this one. And it probably would have been enough to beat Florida and, and Auburn, to be quite honest. Right. And one last thing from the presser uh, that drink said that, um, that I think was noticeable was just as far as, or memorable was he saying the defense, like everybody kind of knows the defense is the face of this team. The defense is what's going to get us, you know, keep us in games, win us games or whatever. And everybody kind of embraces that, that, all right, we're going to have to rely on the defense, but on the off for the offensive guys, it was kind of just like, all right, what can we do about this to kind of help them? And once everybody starts getting on that page, it wasn't no, you need to do this better. You need to do that better from the defensive guys. And it wasn't the offensive guys getting in all types of moves. They kind of said, all right, we need to get off to a fast start so we can help them. And, and something I put in my quick thoughts was it just seemed like for the first time 
really all season. I mean, a little bit in the first half last week, but it really felt like for the first time in SEC play, the defense was able to do what it needed to do comfortably. It wasn't stressed like, ah, oh, if we, you know, they're going to miss tackles, it didn't feel like it was going to break the game open. Yeah, I said and, and had a couple of questions along these lines, too. And I, look, I know it's easy to say when things work, right? It, good execution makes things look good. I, I thought the game plan looked different tonight. I mean, not just like you were saying, the toss to burden, but like everything was quick. There were it, it, A lot of it was lateral. Just get the ball to Dominic Lovett and let him do something with it. And after you do that for a while, then you can take a deep shot later on. But I, I, I thought that. I don't necessarily think the scheme looked different, but I thought the play calling was different. Play calling was certainly different. We saw a number of guys who are not typically a part of the rotation, like Ryan Horsecamp, Taj Butts. Uh, obviously, EJ was in there, but you saw a lot of guys in there. And even on that goal line play where I think they had to settle for a field goal, I think uh, you know Horsecamp was kind of open in the flat. Me and Dave was talking about, yeah, I think he was open in the flat. And we obviously don't know. He hasn't had a target, at least. I don't remember him having a target or anything this year. But he just feels like a real option to be used. It just felt like it just felt different out there. And I think, to me, the turning point of this, and this is not shade on Kibet or Tyler Stevens, but we've seen through the games that they're not, they're blocking Titans for the most part. Right. So I'm saying it just felt like a different variation. But I think what was different to me in this game was scheme wasn't different. It was Cody Schrader. And Drink has been talking about these dirty runs and getting three or four yards just to keep the drive going where they're not, you know, second and 10, third and 10, and now you're forcing these, you know, bad things. And something Brady told us this week was we got to get into third and manageable. He said that was one of the keys to the games, get it to third and manageable where they have options, where they can give it to love it on the jet sweeps or, or they can do the quick passes and things like that. So Cody Schrader being able to just get chunk yards and not, you know, doing some of the other things, trying to stall and juke and do too much, that helped a lot because they were still going forward, which is obviously a problem with the tackle for losses. They only had, I think, four this game. So, mm -hmm. and one of those was, you know, Luther, he tried to make something out of nothing going on. And just sat down. He just yeah. sat down. So, Drink was very impressed that they gave up one sack. He didn't even remember the sack. He didn't remember the sack. And he really didn't that. remember the tackle for me either. He didn't even remember the tackle for loss. So, Doing that was kind of a key to why this was a whole different team this week for the whole game than it wasn't just in the second half versus Vandy. Last thing, just kind of for me, and then we'll get to a few quick questions, but I, I think I probably know the answer to this. Uh, but if I was Brady Cook, it would be real tempting to just like walk in flipping double birds and get on Twitter and all that. What, what was Brady like after this game? It was so ironic <laughs> because I told y'all, I think we make it such as so we did not get anything anybody we thought we were going to get. So when yeah. I was like, it'd be cool if Brady comes in here. And right after I said that Brady walks in here and I was just like, oh, he's going to go crazy. But no, he was he was still his calm self. But you can you can tell he felt very vindicated and as he should. Yeah. You know, he didn't throw for no touchdowns, but didn't he run for one? He ran for one. He ran yeah. for one. He didn't put the ball in danger, which he said was something he was harping on a lot this week. Well, 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 he. he he did once, but the official gave him a very nice oh, oh, call. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> very uh, nice. I forgot about that. He he threw a horrendous pass into yeah. double coverage on a play that was not defensive pass interference. No, it was offensive pass interference. Oh, I, I didn't see that. I just knew it wasn't yeah. defensive. Oh, no. Yeah. The guy that was in front of Mookie, Mookie grabbed him and threw him to the ground, and somehow they called DPI on it. Oh, well, he got bailed out in that sense. But besides that, since it doesn't count, it doesn't count. So, uh, 
he played well. He just he's gotten to the point, or at least that's what everybody's saying, and that's what it seems where he knows that he's gonna have his critics. Everybody in life is gonna have their critics, and so no matter if he does well or doesn't do well, you know, people are gonna have something to say. So he it, for the first time it seemed like it seemed like a mature level that you expect from quarterback. Cause like you said, a yeah. lot of us who come in there with the double birds up saying, you know, I, I did this on the road versus top 25 team. And you could still feel like he was similar to what he gives us on, you know, Wednesdays when we get the offensive mm-hmm. players and he was just happy they could get a win and that the offense could kind of provide something, a foundation for the defense or something to not have to almost kill themselves to right. make plays right. and, you know, get out of their comfort zone and do too much. So he, he seemed cool about it. All right. We'll run through a few questions real rapid fire and then let you get to work. And uh, Andy says, thinking of the future, Brady Cook still eligible, been an average QB based on his play. If he does develop further, does this delay the Sam Horn era? Look, I, I think we know two things. This is Brady's team this season. He's the starting quarterback. He's going to be the starting quarterback all year. They're going to go as far as he takes them. I'd be surprised if he's the starting quarterback next year. It's true. Something that I do want to say is you'd be surprised how well somebody can play when their offensive line can hold up, though. You know, when you've got time to throw and you're not taking all these shots that make you feel like, dang, I just got popped. I don't maybe next time I need to just run early so I can avoid that. You can kind of, you know, get your bearings about you and make better decisions. So that's that's something that has to be taken into account. And it was just it's just one game, though. He's got to do more than this. Yeah, Adam says more likely two and two or one and three finish. Uh, so basically, did they beat Kentucky or Arkansas? And I've just said, I, I just don't know if they can score with Arkansas because Arkansas is a good offensive team. I think next week's kind of playing for the bowl game. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not writing off Arkansas. They still have a shot in that game. But I think I view Kentucky as more likely. Kentucky's next? Yeah, Kentucky next week and okay. then New Mexico State, I think. Okay, I got a dry erase calendar, so I got to write it down. <laughs> See, but okay, Kentucky's next. Okay, um, it's I see the bandwagon, and this today makes me tempted to want to jump on it, but I'm not yet. I'm, I told you I was backing off that that for a second until they show otherwise. But yeah, I I'm still leaning that it's one and three, but Kentucky's gonna have to be it's gonna be have to be that game. But the problem is, oh, well, not the problem is, but that's a top 20 defense, I believe, or something like that. This was the 52nd defense, and right. they treated this team like Vandy. Unfortunately, they treated Vandy in the second half like Alabama. So we don't know what we're getting. We don't know. Yeah. Um, ben wants to know, did did Drink get, like reference anything he wanted to see improve out of this game specifically? I mean, no. For one, I think them coming off those three one-possession losses and then – Kind of in a way, it felt like escaping Vandy. I just felt like they wanted to keep the peace. They wanted to keep positive positivity going. And there's, of course, details, details that everybody could work on. But the biggest things for him all season have been, you know, uh, unforced errors, offensive line play, QB play. And he felt all three of those guys or all three of those things did well. So, that's where his main focus was. He wasn't really talking about so much of what they need to do. He was giving praise, actually, and he was just happy that his offense, in a way, could, people can kind of see what it is when those three things align. Uh, spam account asking if DJ Jackson is a prospect. Now, I assume you mean DJ Coleman. Uh, he, 
He's he showed up again, shared a sack today, and he has made plays now really three weeks in a row. I on I don't know if it's changed, but at first they gave Coleman the, the whole sack, although I okay. do think it was a shared sack. They gave him the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, this adds just another defensive player to that transfer portal of guys who are just coming in there and, and making plays all over the place and you can tell he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and they said he was one of the toughest guys on the the toughest guy on the team. And there's a reason. There was a play where he started off the the play and he slipped up, and he still almost sacked uh, a rattler. He kind of hobbled off the field, and then a couple days, a couple plays later, he was in there again, just getting pressure on in there. So um, he's quickly risen through the ranks as one of their best pass rushers. Finish up with two quick things. Magic Man wants to know if Jabari Johnson will get a fair shot at quarterback next year. I mean, sure, he'll get a shot, but a true freshman not coming in here and being the starting quarterback next year, I would be stunned. Uh, and then I feel like this is a good place to end. Sean Mount says, I've heard of prevent defenses, but Drink is the only head coach that installed a prevent offense. Look, man, they won a game. You don't complain much when they win a game. This offense is what it is. They're not going to go put up 55 points, but they won a game and and that's something to feel good about. Uh, they won a game in, in a game that most of us probably didn't pick them to win, right? Uh, my 23-17 pick was pretty close. I just I just turned the teams around. So uh, do better yeah. next time. I mean, yeah, they, they won a game. They So not only did they beat a, a, a divisional team, uh, they won on the road. You know, they can't do that for nothing. They, they beat a ranked team. Every, and it wasn't for the first time it was a complete – game where offense and defense played well it wasn't a they won but or it wasn't like the game cox you know completely shut like um shot themselves in the foot right i mean they had a lot of penalties but missouri earned it yeah missouri earned it it wasn't it wasn't a given so a win's a win and now they're back to 500 for the first time since what week four so i guess there's some some reason for excitement yeah, I mean, a lot better than the alternative, no question. Well, Drought, I know uh, we both got a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, appreciate you checking in from Columbia, and uh, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, see you guys later. All right, we're going to let Gerard go. Just to remind you guys real quick before we shut this whole thing down, this was brought to you by 573Ts.com. They sponsor the operation here every week on the post-game live show uh, when we're on the road. Uh, Gerard, I, I run it for a little bit and Gerard checks in after interviews when we're at home games, we both, uh, can be relatively close by in the same press box. That's where we'll be next Saturday afternoon after they play Kentucky. But, um, thanks for this one to 573TEES.com. Go check them out online. Chiefs gear, Cardinals gear, got some Royal stuff, some Columbia stuff, some Mizzou stuff, anything you want, custom gear, they can do that. So check them out online or their shop in person on, on in Alley A between 9th and 10th Street in downtown Columbia. While you're here, do me a favor, hit the like button on the show, subscribe to the channel, share us on social media, leave us nice comments. If you're listening on the podcast, do the same things. Much appreciated. We will get that going right after I shut this down. I've got a column coming. Gerard's got Coverage from Columbia East. Thanks for watching, guys. Mizzou 4-4, four and four, a 23-10 winner over South Carolina. Talk to you later.